Hey, what's up, friends? Welcome back to the podcast. Our guest today is Patrine Soamis. So Patrine is a psychic medium, an author, and a therapist. And in this podcast, we talked a lot about the current mental health crisis that we're, I think everybody is dealing with. I think we all know somebody who's suffering from anxiety, a feeling of depression, loneliness, isolation, and maybe even we are too. And I know that it's just really prevalent. And I think that we finally live in a time where the stigma's dying. So we don't have to pretend like we've never felt that. Like if we've ever been depressed or anxious, it means we're a lesser human being. So we talk a lot about that. We also talk about what kind of world do we want to see in the next 20 years? Uh, what does that world look like? How do we live? How free are we? And yeah, it's just very beautiful. And we also uh, talk about what to do when we feel stuck in our lives. So Patrine offers some practical wisdom on what she does when she's in a funk, so to speak. <laughs> and um, as always, today's podcast is in collaboration with the My Indigo Sun magazine, and their mission is to help people live a healthy and inspired life. And every single one of these podcasts goes on that magazine once a month, and I've flipped through many of them, and yeah, it's just a great magazine. It just all about wellness and just health and spirituality. It's quite varied too. Um, it doesn't really stick to one thing. You can find a lot of different things you're probably interested in there. And if you want to check out more, you can uh, subscribe to their magazine at www.myindigosun.com. And now on to an uninterrupted podcast with Patrine Soamis. All right. So how are you feeling, Patrine? I'm feeling great. Thank you. A lot's happened since I talked to you, many things going on, but it's all okay, all good. Oh, well, what's been going on? Oh, I just have different people. You know, besides the work that I do, I support a lot of people. I have a lot of different people that have life or death or dramatic issues that, you know, I, I talk to here and there. So I just have a few of them going through a lot of things right now, yeah. Wow. That actually, that, that's actually a perfect jumping off point. I was going to ask this question later, but um, yeah, one of my questions that when I was thinking about you is, um, this might be an easy one, but yeah, why, why, why do you think you're here? You know, Patrine on earth in 2022, your entire life. Why do you think your soul shows you to reincarnate at this time in history? And what do you think your life is all about? That's a great question. I think that I'm here because I remember many things from before. It's like I remember times of whether we call them past lives, whether we call them parallel lives. I remembered them when I was very, very young. And one of the most interesting things, and it seems so small, but it was so profound, I remember a beautiful, beautiful garden. And I remember being in the garden and it was like a maze and I was walking along the path and different people were in couples or little groups and I was walking alone. And I realized that they couldn't hear me and they couldn't see me, but I could see and hear them. And I realized that I just wanted to be able to talk to them because I didn't want to be in this beautiful garden alone. And so I came here this time to be a really excellent communicator and to help people understand a whole different language. 
Hmm. A, commu- a communicator. And what what is the language you're speaking about? Spirit? Spirituality? No, it's kind of... I'm not even sure that it really it really has a name. I mean, when we really speak, we all speak in so many different ways. And yet we often speak when we're not really saying anything. For example, when you have a conversation with anyone, you're not even really looking at them, you're barely talking to them. When we've seen somebody in the first moment, it's like we know everything. We know everything about them. We have already everything that we need. So we might be gazing in their direction, but we're not really looking. So where are we and what are we actually doing? And for me, awareness is the key to all things. So that's very much what I bring, awareness of what we're actually all really doing versus what we think we're doing. Um, So, yeah, that's that's a big part of it. So... We're all relating on so many different levels in so many places and times and ways all at the same moment. It's very interesting. People have been saying for years, why am I here? What is my life purpose? And everybody wants to know that. And of course, you can pinpoint it and you can figure it out. And it's true on that level but on a purely basic level just that you are alive you are in this human form and just that you walk down the road and if you did nothing else but meet somebody's eyes as you pass them even if you didn't smile even if you didn't say a word that was exactly what you're here for to connect And that seems so small. And yet, if you sat back and really examined that with awareness, who knows what you actually did just in that second. So there's so much more to everything than it seems. Mm. Yeah, I'm with you there. It's... um... Yeah, it it goes into another one of my questions that I was going to ask, but... um... I really like your comments about, yeah, we come into conversations not really paying attention to people. Um, you know, I always joke about this, that we're always waiting for our next chance to say our thing. You know what I mean? Yes. Halfway through someone's talking, we've like just about halfway through, we've tuned them out and we're thinking about constructing our next sentence. And we're like, and so a lot of the time we're actually not responding to the last thing someone said. We're a lot of the time responding to something they said in the first 10 or 15 seconds of their sentence because we've been kind of taken away. I found that was very insightful. And another thing about that is you said one of the big reasons we do that is because we already think in the first moment we know what someone is offering. We know what their value is. And a lot of the time, I think we don't think that's very much. Um, I know with me, I've had definitely some issues with arrogance and where I, I've i noticed just over time how that arrogance, that it's, it's so small. A lot of the time, I don't even realize it. But simply the arrogance is I know quite a bit. 
Um, if someone really has to teach me something, it's probably not that big. It's probably not going to change my life in any massive way. And what I've noticed over time that's done is it's kind of like kind of suffocated my soul, kind of suffocated my curiosity. And now I'm feeling that now in my life where I'm having an existential crisis of like, I feel very numb a lot of the time. I feel very disconnected. I feel very alienated. I feel just like nothing excites me to that primitive level that we had as children. Like I, this is kind of a theme of my life right now. And this is actually a question I can ask you is um, when we were children, we were so sensitive. We, our wonder, curiosity was just boundless. We would watch a movie. We would listen to a song and that song would light us up. We would be drawn into the world of that song. That song was a universe and, and our consciousness was pulled into that thing. And, and we do that with movies, TV shows, even in life, just when we're with people, when we're at Wonderland, we're on like a merry-go-round and suddenly that is the only thing that exists. We're so full of joy and then as we get older i we tend to lose that maybe we don't have to but most people do what is your relationship with that youthful innocence and do you think that we can go back to that place of sensitivity and youthfulness or do you think we actually shouldn't go back that we should go forward what's your whole perception on innocence youthfulness and sensitivity and getting back to a place where we're filled up with the love of life again Okay, that's a great question and a good point. And I'm sure that there's no end of people feeling like that right now, especially after we've all been through the pandemic and kind of been isolated. But then again, it may well have gone in another direction for a lot of people. And I think it has. As you said yourself, you're finding that you want change and you want to go back to that and you want to find that and reconnect with that again. Many people would say, well, now I have bills to pay and I have responsibilities and I have to look after other people. That's true, but it's definitely not, you know, the answer. I feel it's all about slowing down. It's it's that simple. We're all buzzing here and buzzing there and going from A and going to B. It's really interesting. When I first came to the States, I've been here about 23 years, I traveled extensively before I came here. And when I first came to the States, I remembered in the first weeks, I was in a store and I was looking at a plant and I was looking at it from this angle and that angle and every angle. And I could have bought 10 of them, but it had to be exactly right because of the color. Color is really my thing. And I knew exactly where I was gonna look, put it. And it was all about the vibration and the color. And I noticed a couple of managers looking at me uneasily. And he actually came across to me and said, do you need some help? Is something wrong? Are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, I'm just looking. That was the first one. And then because everybody drives and I didn't drive when I first came, then I realized that everybody goes exactly from a to B huh. and never and never ever just goes 
And all of my life, I just went and it didn't necessarily have to be from A to B. So, yeah, serious conditioning exists and I'm sure it's not just here. But so, yeah, there are things in life that put us on that track. Huh. Yeah. That, well, isn't that the definition of a child? Is it's never about point A to point B? Like children are explorative, curious you know, they catch a smell, they catch a, they just want yeah. to go see that tree. Sorry, go on. So the thing is, though, we can all still do that. We can do that. And there's the slowing down. I do a workshop and it's called The Incredible Art of Doing Nothing. <laughs> and, and you can't imagine how difficult that is for many people to yeah. act actually do so yeah we can slow down we can do nothing we can just and isn't life the most wonderful when this happens then you move on to that and then something else happens and that's when we find real joy that's when we are aware that we are living mm. so like take take us through like a day a, a week in your life or a day in your life yeah, well, like, how do you, do you structure your day? Do you just wake up and how does that work right. for you? Um, I'm definitely a morning person. So I have cats and dogs and animals and I have a couple of horses like a few miles away. So years ago, I would always be scheduled six, eight weeks out. So I would always have appointments that far out. And then one day I'm like, this is so boring. I don't want to be scheduled that far out. So now I make a point. I'm only scheduled about a week out, wow. okay, which is like really great. So, yeah, during the day I do my sessions, I do my appointments. They might start at 10 um, if I only want to have appointments till, say, 4 or 5, or I might start at 12 and work till 7. A couple of days a week I go riding, I have grandkids, they come over, I have friends. And like last week, I was just like, I just need some sun on my legs. So I took the day off and I went to the beach, which is like an hour and a half away, stayed the night. And it was just such a pick me up and I came back and and whenever things get stuck or the phone's not ringing or things might be a little bit off I always leave the house and go and do something huh. and then when I come back everything's just flowing and moving again so yeah I have patterns like everybody else but I also am aware of the need to mix it up and leave some room so I do well, I, I love that. Uh, yeah, I that that's something I'm learning right now. I'm learning my process because I'm an extremely structured person like that oh. is my default kind of mode network. And yeah, I'm just realizing that essentially like a lot of people, including myself a lot of the time, I think we like live the same day over and over and over and over and over right. again. And I love that thing. If you're feeling in a funk or something, you'll just... You'll take. You said you'll you'll leave the house, and you exactly. might go. You might go to the beach. You exactly. might go for a walk. You might go for adventure, and then that is just enough of a reset to mix things up for you. 
I think that that's a very, very important point. Luckily, I was one of those people when it was the pandemic. You know, I live in the woodlands. I can always go out. I have a yard. I'm so thankful for that. It might only be a small yard, but I thought of all those people that might be in a high rise and not have a yard, how that must have been. But we think that we feel safe in our house. Actually, I believe that it's quite the opposite. Huh. I feel that we can get very sense of unsafe because when we're in our house we're a lot more disconnected from all that is I always tell people that are agoraphobic or very fearful or very depressed even if you just open the door take a few deep breaths just for a few minutes and then okay go back inside try and get to the gate try and walk down the road because once you're outside we're actually way more safe because we're in the all that is we're in life we're a part of it again mm, beautiful and how important are your friends to you um, do you need to see them every day? Is it every two days? How is your, cause that's what I'm learning with myself too, is the importance of just friendship and just touch and, and feeling each other and loving each other. So yeah, what's your relationship with your friends? How does that look? I'm the kind of person I have friends and I stay, I try to stay on well terms with most people. So I have friends like 40 years and <laughs> in other countries or here. And, you know, we can pick up the phone after six months or see each other. And it's like yesterday. So I have those kind of friends, but yeah, friends are important. And sometimes, again, if things are feeling a little stuck or things aren't moving or going wrong, exactly that. I'll either pick up the phone and call a friend or see a friend. However, having said that, when I was a lot younger, I probably had a great deal more friends. Maybe I thought I should have friends, but now I really enjoy my own company. I feel very good with myself. So friends, especially a lot of friends, can actually be really hard work. Friendships yeah. take time and real effort. So I think friends are absolutely important, but find a balance. And if you don't have too many friends, that's okay too. Yeah, I, I know what you mean. I have like, I would say I have three extremely close friends. Again, not not very many. It's, um, ju yeah, just enough. Because I know what you mean. It's like when I was younger, I needed to be around people. It was, if I was bored, what do you do? You call up your friend, hey, let's hang out. And now I spend most of my time alone. I, I am noticing I'm probably by myself six days a week, roughly. I probably see people once or twice a week. And that's a big thing for me. Like I'll see my mom, I'll go for a movie night or something. But I noticed for those six days, it's like intellectually and I'm cool being by myself. I'm like you, I'm like, I love my company. I love my work. I just do my podcasts, that kind of thing. And and my question was more like, 
from the level of that we're a social species and we're, we're literally like wired, our nervous systems are wired for people. And, and like, I always, and I don't know if this is accurate, but I've always like told myself and people that my ideal lifestyle and, you know, I'll have, I'll have a wife and kids one day. So this will probably won't be as needed, but I would just love to see people for like just half an hour a day. You know what I mean? Like go for a walk, see my buddy Christian. Hey, love you, man. Give me a hug. Talk for 20 minutes and then go. And then I could be by, by myself the entire day. But I think it's like, yeah. What, what is your perspective? Do you think, because I know a lot of spiritual people, we're a lot of the time like hermits, like we, we love our own company, but how often do you think the human species, the animal part of us needs to just at least touch another human being, feel another human being, be told that we're loved? What, what do you think that is? Well, I have a house of dogs and cats and I have two horses. A long time ago, when I was very young, I've lived in communes in various parts of the world. And I always imagined that that's how it would end up. I always imagined that it would end up with a lot of people and it would be cool. And as time went by, I realized that we all weren't quite ready for that just yet really so I have dogs and cats and I mean sometimes people say to me don't you ever get lonely and I say to them are you kidding I have so much love hmm so do you do you think that um for the most part dog like maybe maybe we don't need other human beings we just need life is that Exactly. That's that's very, very true. I mean, every single plant that I have, I also have a lot of plants. I'm always rescuing plants. So (laughs) I have plants. I have so much life, but each and every one of them, they are all an energy. They are all a personality. That's exactly right. It's all life. So we're surrounded by life, except if you were completely alone and you're sitting in your place and you're not going outside of the door, then it would be dead. I mean, sure, you could bring in some music and you could bring in TV and all that would work to a degree. But yeah, I agree. We all need that connection, whether it's people, animals, plants or whatever it is. Hmm. So if you were stranded on a desert island and there's nobody there, but, you know, there's some monkeys or some wild whatever. Do you think that mentally you'd be totally cool? Absolutely. I mean, because first of all, I mean, if anybody knows what it's like to live outside and I've lived outside from time to time. I mean, you are so with everything. You get into amazing mental and spiritual states of mind. I mean, it would be like a gift in many ways. Mm. So maybe maybe this whole obsession with friendship and human beings and social interaction, maybe that's actually because we live in a society that we're cooped up in our homes away from nature. We're disconnected. We're doing jobs we don't like. And we're literally like nature is a foreign idea to people. People think nature is like just grass on your front lawn. Like, oh, that's I'm in nature. I'm in the wilderness. And maybe that's it. 
Maybe that's why people are so obsessed with they need to see their friends because they aren't having the same energetic connection to existence, to life, to to all that is that you are when you're just walking through a forest. Huh. That's very interesting. Yes. And I mean, I know sometimes, you know, people, people, I've, I've talked to different people, clients in my life. And I've said, you know, you really just need to get a tent and go to the national forest and don't take your phone. And I'll, I dare you. And some people have actually gone ahead and done that. And it has completely changed their life. And they've been like, wow. So yeah, there are certainly people out there that do that. And I, I feel that we all need a bit more of that. Hmm. And this is a pretty interesting one. Um, So over the course of your life, you likely had very different beliefs. You've even shared some that you had when you were younger. You had in your 20s, your 30s, your 40s. And now, um, what do you think are the biggest changes in your perspective on life, on lessons you've learned? What have been the big things that you've done like a 180 on? Like you, you used to believe that this is what you needed or this is what life's about. And now you literally like believe the opposite. Are, is there any massive shifts you've had in your life like that? Not absolutely at all. Really? How I, how I basically started. I mean, it's all really simple. My entire life, I've believed that it's all absolutely awesome. The good, the bad, <laughs> the ugly. I feel that regret is a serious misconception and non-understanding and mm. lack of awareness. Um, I really can't think anything. I mean... Has life taught me anything? I've developed more awareness as I've gone along, but I mean, I'm not a this is right and this is wrong kind of person. I can find something in everything. So actually, no. Hmm. That's that's interesting. Yeah. So you've more or less kind of you were you were very open when you were younger then. Yes, I I was adopted, so I grew up with adopted parents, older parents. Um, I lived in the countryside, so I was always outside. I was from a very, very early age, um, you know, and it wasn't an easy childhood, but I found all of that and had all of that. And um, so, yeah, in many ways, here I am back in the woods. Hmm. Yeah. How, how was your upbringing? Like, like, as you've always, I'm guessing, had psychic gifts, you've always been able to be do mediumship. So how was that when you were growing up, like 10 years old, 15, that kind of thing? It's the classic answer. And it's true for me, as it is with everybody. It was so normal that I thought it was normal for everyone. It wasn't until I was older that I realized that not everybody saw it like that. You know, when I was even 10, 12, 13, life was a mass of moving color. I saw in color all the time. I mean, it was like being on an LSD trip, let's (laughs) say. And later, I actually saw some research in the last few years that this apparently is how babies, little babies experience the world. And I was experiencing that well into my 12, 13 years old. So that's how it was. Wow. 
Very interesting. And um, yeah, another thing I've been thinking about, because um, a lot of the time this, this podcast and me, uh, I have a little background in counseling. I did my thesis on depression and if it was actually inherent in human beings. So I'm, I'm very curious about like mental health. And like obviously right now, like we have a massive, I don't know if you'd call it a mental health crisis, but people are hurting. People feel disconnected. People feel lonely. People feel unappreciated. People feel scared. Um, what do you think? And there's various factors, 100%. There's tons of factors. Um, what do you think are some of the big ones and what can people do easily, um, quickly to at least alleviate some of this mental health anxiety and that kind of stuff? Well, first of all, we've already said, get in nature, uh, get your hands in the dirt, like actually connecting with earth is very important. So first of all, getting outside, even if you only have a park, like go there. Secondly, love yourself, refuse to blame yourself, mm. refuse to think that things must be your fault and refuse to compare yourself to anybody else because those are the things that will keep you stuck. Lots of self-love, self-nurturing, whatever that means to you. Um, as far as the world right now, everything appears chaotic and crazy. We're all in anguish, agonizing about, you know, all the things that are happening around us. Of course we are, if we have any empathy, of course we are, but, and here's the big but, it's awful, but there's another side. There is plenty of fabulous, wonderful news out there if you look for it. So don't get sucked into everything is falling apart. Um, who knows what nightmare is going to happen next. And I always say have a diet of good news. I'm not saying you should never watch the TV again, but you know, don't don't get addicted and obsessed to the adrenaline of the horror. Mm. Gotcha. And and do do you watch TV like and I mean fiction? Um, do you watch movies, TV shows? Do you read like novels? Do you, do you take part in any entertainment? And if so, what? I didn't, I didn't have a TV for 20 years. I refused to watch TV. And then my grandkids, every time they would come over, when you're getting a TV, when you're getting a TV. So I finally got a TV and there it is. So once a week, probably, I sit down and watch Netflix. <laughs> and I just, I just basically see what's on. I realize there are thousands of channels. I might look for something on Prime, might see kind of Netflix. So I generally watch those kind of things. Like many women, women, I am fascinated about the things people do. So any kind of true crime things, really? I'm always fascinated in that stuff. Just because people going over certain lines, 
difference. What makes somebody do that? What led to that? Who are they really? I mean, the shadow self, as people call it, is a whole nother thing. I believe that it is a part of all of us. And some people have clearly experienced and are living in that to the fullest. So those people interest me too. Mm. And um, I just want to be very mindful of time. Do we have five more minutes or 10 more sure. minutes? Yeah. We, uh, yeah, we have five or 10, whatever it is. When awesome. we finish talking, right? Okay. Yeah. Just, I was like, I know I want to be mindful of your time, but um, yeah, I, I love that you mentioned the true crime stuff because I went through this phase about five years ago where I was really into spirituality and I was really into like the Esther Hicks, the Abraham stuff. And it was all about, you know, good vibes, you know, just plug into the, the light side, be a light worker. And I remember famously like telling my mom, I'm never watching a bad TV show again. I'm disconnected from negativity. And that lasted a couple of years. I, I did not watch anything or listen to any music that was of what I considered a low frequency. And in the last two years, I've kind of changed my tune on that a bit. Um, I've started to actually be pulled and intrigued by maybe some of the shadow side of life, maybe a bit of Stephen King stuff, um, mm -hmm. some even like heavy metal music or something. It, it needs to have a core element of emotionality and, and human. Like, I don't like the just explicitly like death metal stuff but yeah. i like i like emotional tortured stuff from time to time someone who's going right. through a lot of pain I hate I, it. yeah what so what's your perspective on going to the shadows and because i know some spiritual people would look at you and be like oh she's not a light worker because she likes tv shows that have a uh, that have a psychotic element so what right. is your perspective on actually going into the darkness and maybe checking out a movie or a tv show or a book that some okay. people might be afraid of Funny you should mention Stephen King. I can't even get near the name without creating chaos all around me. So horror movies, never. Stephen King kind of stuff, never. Simply because when I bring in that vibration to my reality, it always creates chaos around me. So I'm not interested and I don't do it. But as said, the true crime, sorry, the murderers, the mass murderers. Yeah, I am absolutely interested about all those things. What would I say to somebody that says, well, you're not a light worker or a spiritual? I would say with all due respect, you have no idea. Mm. Yeah, because I, I feel that's a, and I just, I just want to make a statement. I actually like Stephen King's non-horror stuff. I'm, I'm terrified of horror. I can't, like, it's, it's not even chaos. I, I just get, I shit my pants. Like, I just yeah. get ter terrified. But I, I just, I find his character work in some of his non-horror yeah. stuff is just incredible. But that's besides the point. Um, yeah, because I definitely noticed there's some level, I don't know if I'd call it a pathology, but that absolute fear of anything negative that some people in the spiritual communities yeah. have. I, I always feel like almost that's what, if there is evil, if there is negativity, it's probably what it preys upon. It preys upon the people that don't think they have any capacity for evil and that, well, and the people that are unaware, but go on. 
Sorry. What you just said is so true and it is absolutely brilliant. Fear is the problem, okay? You can be into this, into that. You can look at it all. I mean, this is why voodoo and all of those kind of things work. And I have a person now and again, oh my goodness, this person put this curse or this person did that. And you know, their health is declining and their world is falling apart. And I always say to people, you would be amazed. People that can really affect effectively actually do those kind of things are so few and so rare but many people can frighten you to death because of your fear and they are making you believe that they can do those things ah uh, beautiful and the last question before we finish up is um, obviously, as we've touched on, our world is going through what I consider like a metamorphosis. I think we're like a caterpillar turning into a butterfly and we got just chaos going on. In some respects, I, I like you, I can see the positive sides, I can see the social change. But we're let's just say we're going through volatile, turbulent times, a lot of change. Mm-hmm. But on the other end of that turbulence, of that just energy is possibly for transformation. And so let's say, describe the world that you think could be in 20 years. Where do you think if, if we really do our, if we just start loving each other, what do you think the world could look like? Describe it in 20 years. Well, first of all, I think one of the biggest problems that we still have is this idea of good and bad okay evil and and people just fall into that it's the same as still believing in father christmas okay and and that's fair enough but so yeah awareness so with some awareness and with some honesty each and every one of us to start understanding ourselves who we really are how things really work And honesty with each other, I mean, oh my goodness, that would change everything. I mean, such a wonderful world. People, of course, we all have to work a little bit, do we? It seems that we do. Maybe there's a way not to. Maybe we can take care of the everyday stuff so that everybody can have food and, you know, somewhere to live and the basic stuff so that then we could all start seeing who we are really and what we can actually do, the gifts that we actually have. I mean, it will just be fabulous. Different groups will be into different things and there really will be room for all of them, plenty of give and take. I mean, heaven on earth, literally. Mm, amen. Yeah, that, that's one thing I, at the simplest form in 20 years, I would just love us to be able to take care of, like, I don't know if it's going to be a universal basic income, but I, I, what I would love is people don't need to work just to survive. Yeah. I, I, I wish we could just survive without needing to work, that our basic right. needs can be met. And whatever we do over the top of that, whatever money we make, or I don't know if it's going to be a barter economy. I don't know if it's, yeah. I don't know what it's going to look like, but I would just like it if like in a village, we took care of each other and we took care of our basic needs 
And then we just see what's going to happen on the top of that, you know? Exactly, exactly. And I think we've all got to start having that vision. And that's that's something I ask in groups sometimes. I ask people, imagine you have the basics. Imagine you have everything that you need. What are you going to do now with the rest of your life? And I think we all need to sit down and write down at least 11 things. And let's take it from there. I love it. And lastly, um, what are you working on? Anything that you'd like to plug right now? Where can people find you if they want to get involved? Just how do you want to do this? I've just started doing events right now. I work with pets as well as people. So I'm about to do something, but it's just in a few weeks. So um, no, nothing to really plug right now. I've written three books already. I'm not really into that right now. Um, People can find me at my website, patrine.com. My phone, everything is already on there. I would like more people to experience progression. You can not only go backwards in time without hypnosis, you can go forward. It's progression. I've proved this on television. I've done it with reporters for newspapers. You could say to me, I want to go ahead three years and 10 years. And I don't tell you what's going to happen. I just help you get there and you see it and feel it for yourself. I've always won and I've proved the point. People have looked back later. Did that really happen? And yeah, it did. I've always wondered why scientists and people in technology aren't using that more it just makes total sense we can literally go ahead in time see what's happening so why aren't more people doing that so yeah progression well thanks for saying that at the end of the podcast i wish we could have went like did another half hour into that territory that's That's fascinating right but uh but thank you very much for coming on this was an absolute pleasure katrine And thank you so much. It was such a pleasure to talk to you. And you take care. And to everyone watching, hopefully you guys enjoyed. And I'll see you in the next one. I love you. Bye. Hey, friends. Welcome back. Hopefully you guys enjoyed this episode. And um, if you did and you want to support my podcast, you can go ahead and click that subscribe button. Um, Or if you're on the My Indigo Sun magazine right now, you can go over anywhere you get your podcasts and just type in uh, Anton Zakwar podcast and subscribe there. Or or on YouTube, just type in Anton Zakwar. So thank you. And I also want to give obviously a big shout out to my collaborators, My Indigo Sun. And like I said before, their mission is to help people live a healthy, and inspired life. So definitely go over, subscribe to their magazine, and you can learn more about it at www.myindigosun.com. And that's it. So thank you for tuning in as always, and I'll see you in the next one. I love you.